It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the UFC fanatic, Mean Gene. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mean Gene 22 And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. UFC 258 pay-per-view event on Saturday going to take place at the apex in las vegas uh, we went through our friday night fight night card a couple days back and we got some results back from that but we have i would i would kind of say maybe a little bit of a slim card here i like the main event you know how are you feeling basically just looking at this card like did you expect more for for a, you know a pay-per-view event yeah i did especially with that with the headliner kamaru uzman goes to a lot of decisions some people feel he's boring i totally disagree with that from the UFC's perspective, a lot of times they'll have like another title fight under his or above his his uh, title fight. So I was surprised, especially having Macy Barber coming off of ACL surgery fighting Alexa Grasso. I was really surprised at that being the co-main event. And then as you just work your way down the card, and we'll do some of that today, you'll just see it's a pretty thin card. So yeah, I, I, was, I was very surprised by that. At the same time, I will just say next month they have three title fights. So I wonder if that had some effect on this card, not having as many champs available for this card. The short answer is yes, I was a little bit uh, surprised that they didn't have a bigger fight, at least in the co-main event. I think maybe what what the UFC might be going for for the month of March is that, you know, perhaps maybe they might allow some fans in, in certain areas. Uh, maybe they're going to start opening up that door and they want to, you know, have the fans in there, you know, to go ahead and, and kind of get that feeling back you know, that we had, you know, over a year ago. So maybe that's something that they're planning on doing. Uh, you know, we'll have to go ahead and wait on that. You know, I thought the card was slim. I thought the Friday night card, though, was actually, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it was Overeem and Volkov. And, you know, if you watch that one, I don't know, man. You know, after watching that fight, I think it's fair to say that, you know, stepping in a cage with, with a guy like Volkov, you know, it, that's just dangerous, man. You know, he was dropping bombs on Overeem. And I felt like, you know, like Overeem, he felt this this kick early, and I saw his face, and he just looked like he was like, uh-oh, like this dude's big, man, and this dude's strong, and he's going to mess me up. And that's just like the feeling that I got. Uh, I think it was like a first-round low leg kick, and I saw, I saw Overeem back up, and I'm like, hmm. You know, if I was able to live bet like right at that time, uh, I probably was, but I was just, you know, I was involved into the fight. I would have just jumped on Volkov because there was something there that it just didn't look right with Overeem. I'm not sure how you felt about that particular fight, but in my opinion, I mean, it was just an absolute blowout. I mean, Volkov beat him up pretty good. He busted him up one by KO. Now, how did you feel, you know, the overall effort that Overeem gave? And then, you know, how did you feel? you know, with what Volkov did. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on that leg kick and, and just the early barrage by Volkov. I, I think Overeem came in there um, and he's coming off of being Sakai. And then before that was, was Will Harris. And those guys, they, you know, they have some type of power, but not the power that Volkov displayed in, in, in his past two fights. And I think it surprised Overeem 100%. And I agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking about with that kick. I mean, he he did kind of wince and, and and back up, and Volkov um, noticed that, and you know started to push forward. And you 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 kind of felt like the fight, even though it was just the first round or whatever. I think it was like a minute and a half in. You know, after a minute and a half, you already felt like the fight had 
turned. So as for Overeem, I just yeah, I think he went in there. He wasn't ready for that power, and he he just got busted up, and 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 he got blown out of the water. To be honest with you, I, I didn't expect that. I had Overeem. I thought he would utilize his grappling a little bit more, and not shell up. That was the other thing. He shelled up a lot and was very defensive. Uh, I, I thought for sure he'd be a little bit more offensive. That's not the story here. It's Volkov. Volkov looked incredible, in my opinion. Out of all the fights, you know that that's the fight that really stood out to me, and really the performance that stood out to me. The back-to-back performances by him, beating Harris the way he did, and then now just blowing through Overeem. I feel like he actually solidified himself as a true title contender at heavyweight, whereas before you, you knew he had the skills, he came over from Bellator, and you wanted to see what he could do in the UFC, and he was, you know, he had good results, but then he had that knockout loss to um, Lewis. And even the Greg Hardy, he he thoroughly beat Greg Hardy, but he just picked him apart. He didn't go for the finish. And man, since he put on, and I said this in the last pod, since he's put on the, these 20 pounds, he, he was fighting at like 240, 245. In the past two fights, he's been fighting at 260, 265. Totally different fighter. Sitting down on his shots, a lot more power, and you're seeing it. And I was just super impressed by it, and I'm glad to see another true title contender in the heavyweight division. Uh, I'm excited to see what the UFC gives him next. Yeah, you know, Volkov stepping up in weight like that kind of reminded me of when Tyson Fury fought Wilder the second time. It was a completely different fighter, so much heavier. Uh, there was just so much power behind those shots, and as I was watching Volkov pretty much just tee off on Overeem, I started thinking, of you know the Tyson Fury Wilder fight where it was like man like I and I get it he was you know it was he wasn't exactly in tip top shape for the first one but in the second one he was in much better shape but he was just so much bigger and the shots were like they were just I mean they were they were making a difference even if they weren't even connecting squarely um there was just so much power behind those shots and as I was watching that fight you know the Overeem for me it was it looked like he understood that that this dude's power was going to be a problem. And I think in the beginning, Overeem was kind of shelling up a little bit, hoping that he would absorb, you know, maybe a lot of missed shots and he would get Volkov to start, you know, throwing, 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 and eventually tire himself out and, and pretty much lose that power. But it seemed like Volkov was kind of picking his spots. He was Maybe he, he knew what, you know, Overeem was doing. That's kind of what I saw with that particular fight with the way that Overeem was, was, you know, reacting to what he, maybe he was trying to get Volkov to do, but it didn't seem like Volkov, you know, wanted any part of that. You know, the fight that really stood out to me in the undercard was that Sanhagen fight. You know, it was Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Sanhagen just with a vicious flying knee, you know, in the early minute of that first round. I mean, it just bulldozed Frankie. I thought he was actually seriously hurt, but, you know, I know, man. Like, I watched the fight, and I watched Sanhagen come, come out, and he just looked, you know, he looked laser-focused, so... Uh, I'm not sure what you think is next for him, but I think you know that he's he's poised to go ahead and probably get in line here for a title fight. I'm not sure what you think about the Sanhagen result against Frankie, but you know, where do you see maybe Sanhagen coming up in his next fight? Yeah, the the flying knee was incredible, man. I mean, I jumped out of my seat literally. It it was incredible. I I could not believe that Sanhagen is. I mean, he's legit, man. I feel like if he would have had a little bit longer of a performance, even if he would have lost to Sterling, I think. Um, I think people would um, actually truly believe in him. I think there's still some questions around him. One, because he lost in whatever it was, a minute, minute and a half to um, Sterling, and Sterling cut, cut through him like hot knife through butter. So I think some people still question um, his skills. 
But um, after that, after that fight, I, you you, ha- you know he's number one in line. I don't I don't even think it's a question. Um, the only thing I could see the UFC doing is uh, TJ Dillashaw is coming off of suspension. They train together. Sanhagen just recently in, a, in an interview said that he got the best of TJ. I saw some um, old videos of TJ saying the same thing that Corey Sanhagen is like the future of the division and that he gets the best of him or he got the best of him in training. So that fight makes itself. I mean, TJ Dillashaw, obviously, you know, he's coming off of a loss in the title fight. Um, he's one of the best um, fighters in that division. So I'm cool with that. I, I to be honest with you, I think Sanhagen should get the next shot, and they are fighting in March, uh, uh, Sterling and Jan. So it's you know whatever. It's a month out from from Sanhagen's um, f- uh, knockout win over Edgar. So the timeline works out just to give him the next title shot. But um, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, maybe you have a rematch between Jan and Sterling because it's an instant classic or something. Um, you can't go wrong with pairing up Sanhagen and, and Dillashaw. Um, that would be a spectacular fight. So I, one of those two fights I think is next for uh, Sanhagen. All right, with last Friday, they're wrapped up. Why don't we jump into uh, the main card here? Let's start it out with the first fight that's going to be on the card with Mackie Patolo. It's going to go ahead. He's going to face Julian Marquez. Marquez right now around a minus 175 favorite. I'll give my brief handicap on this one. This one didn't really stick out to me to you know make make probably a strong wager. You know, it's been a long layoff here for Marquez. Patolo's been more active. I think that both of these guys are going to want to be aggressive. I think, you know, with the smaller octagon, you know, this could help keep this, I say maybe the the pace at like a furious type of pace. I have a feeling that this fight between either of these two guys is going to end in a KO or a TKO. Uh, You can get that at minus 120. I just feel like maybe Patolo could get after Marquez. Maybe Marquez could get after Patolo. Uh, I'm not exactly super duper high on either guy's defense, so I'm just going to make it short and sweet. I'll take KO, TKO minus 120 uh, for the first fight on the main card. What are you thinking about for uh, Patolo and Marquez? Yeah, both guys. I I see why the UFC is, you know, this is the opener for the main card because both these guys just bang. I mean, their names, you got, um, you know, Coconut Bombs is Patolo and then the Cuban Missile Crisis or whatever it is. Um, for Marquez, I mean, both these guys just throw heavy, heavy leather. Um, so it should be a fun fight in in that sense. Both guys, yeah, Patolo's like one and three in his last four fights. Marquez is one of their, you know, I guess better prospects or, you know, above average prospects, but he's coming off of a two-year injury and he's been out for two years. So um, just quickly, I like that, that angle. Um, I expect it to be a, a KO or TKO by one of these guys, sorry. And um, when it comes to who, who would I pick, I, I like Marquez personally. I just think, of course, Patolo could could land one shot, but Marquez is a much bigger fighter. Um, he's a dog, man. He you know he's gonna fight for your money. That's the one thing. Um, he presses forward, good good at putting his weight on on his opponents. And if it goes to the ground, I mean, he could get his submission too. You know, um, Patolo just got submitted by uh, Darren Stewart in like you know two fights ago. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's like plus 550 if you want to throw like a little pizza bet on that. Um, Marquez by submission. I don't think I don't think it's a crazy bet, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the KO or TKO. I think that's the best value, 100%. I mean, one of these guys is going to get knocked out, and um, I think it's going to be Patolo. I, I just think it's going to be one of those fights, small cage. They're going to be grinding, um, going back and forth. It's just it's going to be one of those like dirty, 
boxing type of fights. I think Marquez, um, who's got better cardio, um, you know, longer reach, just bigger fighter, heavier, um, natural middleweight where Patolo is like more of a welterweight. He just has trouble making weight at welterweight. So he's just, he's uh, moved up to middleweight. He's just a smaller middleweight. So um, I got Marquez to win the fight and I, I like your bet as well. All right, cool. I feel much better that you agree with me on that one. Let's jump over to this one. I actually thought that, you know, if, if this was on a card maybe like three, four years ago, uh, this would have been interesting. We got Jim Miller. He's going to go ahead. He's going to fight Bobby Green. Bobby Green, a big favorite in this one, Gene. Minus 280. You know, what I was thinking about, I'm sitting here and I'm handicapping. I'm looking at it. And what came out to me here is is Bobby Green by points. You know, he doesn't knock anybody out. And Miller, you know, I feel like he's probably going to try for, you know, an early round submission. And if he doesn't get it, you know, while he has the energy, I have a feeling that this could, could be like one of those, you know, second round guys are just, you know, moving around, not doing too much. Third round, they're kind of, you know, not doing a whole hell of a lot either. But I just feel like Miller's not going to have any snap on any of his punches or anything like that. That Green's going to eventually kind of just outpoint him. I don't think Green's going to knock him out. So. I could see Miller kind of being gassed out, you know, maybe hurt because I don't think he's going to move a whole lot. I think he's going to be in front of Green and Green's just going to, you know, he's going to pop him enough where he's just going to eventually go ahead and, and do well on the card. So that's what I'll do for that one. I'll take Green by points. You can get that one at like minus 120. I felt that that was probably the best wager. No way am I laying 280. I just have a feeling that this one goes to distance after I handicapped it. So it'll be uh, Bobby Green for me by points minus 120. What are you feeling with that Miller green fight? I'm with you again. I mean, back-to-back fights. Um, I, I like your analysis on this. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, uh, I can give you more in depth on the sense of like, man, Jim Miller, he's, he's more of like a first round fighter. He's going to come out there. If, if he's going to win, it's going to be in that first round. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won the first round, but then I feel like the second, third round is going to go to Bobby Green. Jim Miller's lost his last five uh, decisions. His gas tank is questionable after the first round for numerous reasons. I mean, it's just his style, but also um, I believe that he has Lyme disease. He has some type of, I believe it's Lyme disease. I know his brother has, I'm pretty sure he has as well. And it's kind of sapped his energy. I think that was in like 2013, 2014. And since then, his just, his gas tank has just been depleted and, he really only can give you like a round to a round and a half. He's a finisher in the first round. You go If you go to the ground, he's going to try to guillotine you, submit you, armbar you, whatever it is. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he won it. You know, I think he probably will win round one. But after that, Bobby Green should just pick him apart. Bobby Green's an underrated wrestler, so there's no issues. He doesn't have to worry about getting taken down or anything like that. Um, and then on the feet, I just, you know, Bobby Green is – you know he's a point fighter, and he's gonna he he's good at at staying at range and picking apart his his opponents. So yeah, I got Bobby Green winning it. No way would I lay two eighty um, because Bobby Green was like a two eighty favorite in his last fight, and he 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 burned a lot of people um, in that fight and um, against a younger a younger fighter. But um, yeah, I think Bobby Green wins by decision one hundred percent, and um, I, I like that bet. You know you get. You get minus one twenty versus minus two eighty. So yeah, and that's one thing I just want to say real quick. And and this is, you know, I I will write this up in one of my articles for betting predators, um, in the future on this. But um, a lot of times, man, you, when you when you get it, this is the perfect example of this. Like Bobby Green goes to decision. He normally wins his fights by decision. He doesn't finish. 
And when he's going against a lesser fighter, quote unquote, and he's a big favorite, that's when you want to look at a prop and, and look at, okay, he wins by decision majority of, of his fights. And I'm getting, you know, right now, if I just take him the win is minus 280, but I can get him on points at minus 120. That's when you want to make that bet. Um, it, it's great value, especially when you know um, the path to victory for the fighter. So, yes, that um, I like that bet a lot. You know, one of the things that worried me about Miller as I'm sitting there diving through and I'm looking at, and I mean, I think one of the reasons why he keeps making cards, especially like cards like these, is he has, you know, just monstrous fights under his belt where Bobby Green really doesn't have, you know, that type of resume. And I think that that Miller just he's just been in so many wars out there. I mean, I mean, to me, his fights are now boring and it's you know what you're going to get. So I feel like these fights are a little bit easier to handicap, especially with some of the veteran guys that you know what they're going to do. You know what their game plan is. They're not going to come out there with any tricks. They're not going to come out there, you know, looking for flying knees and spinning back fists and, and cartwheel kicks off the cage. Like, you know what you're going to get with a guy probably like Jim Miller. So I just felt like that this was, a, you know, probably one of the easiest handicaps, at least for me on the card, was to just go ahead and take green minus the 120. Um, that's the way that I felt with that. And I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if Miller, if he's just not around too much longer, I have a feeling that, that you know he, he he's done great things for the for the UFC, but I just have a feeling that um, you know eventually he might he might not be around too much longer. Yeah, let me jump in here real quick. When you say that, um, a couple of stats. Yeah, Jim Miller uh, most wins in the UFC, the most wins at the, in the lightweight division, and the most finishes in the lightweight division. So that just you know that adds to your point of just you know how long he's been in the UFC, what type of fighter he is for the UFC, and and, and the UFC always relies on him. Um, to put on fun fights, even if it's short notice. And uh, this this is no different. You know, this should be a fun fight uh, with Bobby Green. Bobby Green's a, a vet too. And, you know, kind of a, almost a, you know, for, for the diehard fans, you know, Bobby Green's a, a, um, a UFC legend. Same thing with Jim Miller for the diehard fans. So this should be a fun, nostalgic, you know, scrap between these two guys. So um, I just want to jump in there and just, you know, give you those couple stats on Jim Miller. It's pretty crazy. All right, well, let's jump into our next one. This should be a decent one. You're going to have Gaslam. He's going to be minus 220. He's going to face Ian Heinish here. He's going to be about plus 180. I'll let you go ahead and start out, and then I'll give my handicap here. I felt pretty good about my handicap after this one, but I kind of want to see you know, which direction you're going in this one to see maybe. I mean, we've already fell on the same, same wager the first two fights. I don't think it could happen three times in a row, but maybe it can. What are you thinking about for that Gaslam Heinish fight? Okay, so I mean, just just strictly on skill, you know, and, and resume, you know, Gaslam. I understand why he's a minus two twenty five, just based on on the competition that both these guys have fought. Um, you're talking about Gaslam, who you know went to a war with um, with Adesanya um, and took him to the brink, um, and he's the only fighter that's that, that's done that for for Adesanya. And Adesanya is going to go down as one of the greatest. Um, the guys, he's he's got skill. Um, He's coming off of three losses, and he's still a minus two twenty five favorite um, in this fight. So you, you you can see the difference in in the skill level, level between these two guys. My my only thing with Gaslam is like how motivated is he? You know, he came into that his last fight against Jack Hermanson, which was a big fight for him. You know, to get back on um, in the win column after losing the Adesanya until, and um, he ends up getting heel hooked in the first round. He came into the fight overweight. 
Um, and that's been his problem throughout his entire career is um, just how focused is he? The skill is there. The guy can wrestle and he can definitely strike. You know, he's got big power, but it's like mentally sometimes he, he just has lapses. And, and um, before the fight, um, when it comes to his um, discipline, I would just say he's disciplined. I wouldn't even say mental lapses. He, he's just not disciplined. If he really focused um, on MMA in the sense of like, man, going all in and, and doing what he needed to do, I think the guy could be a champion. But for whatever reason, um, he just he's undisciplined sometimes. So um, as 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 it relates to this fight, which Kevin Gaslam are we going to get? Are we going to get the motivated, disciplined Gaslam, or are we going to get the guy that's just like, eh, I'm fighting Ian Heinish. He's ranked 15, and um, Gaslam's at nine. So you know. Uh, is he motivated? Um, skill-wise, Gaslam should run through Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish is good. He's scrappy. He he has pretty good stand-up, and he's a good scrambler on the ground. I mean, I don't know what else to really say about it. I mean, Gaslam should beat him. I wouldn't be surprised if Ian Heinish pulls off the victory because, man, it's a Kevin Gaslam fight, just like last week with Michael Johnson. And just like, I mean, if he wasn't fighting Jim Miller, I'd say the same thing about Bobby Bobby Green. You know, those type of fighters, those three, you know, they're big favorites a lot of the times in their fights. And when you expect them to win, they end up losing. So I would not be surprised if Kevin Gaslam lost here. Um, so I got Kevin Gaslam as a straight pick, but I would not, I'm not betting on the fight. I'm personally going to stay away from it um, because I just don't trust um, Kevin Gaslam. Um, I could see some people putting a pizza bet on Ian Heinish, but personally I'm going to stay away from it. You know, one of the things that I've kind of read here over the last couple of days is that, you know, the bidders are actually betting a little bit here, a little bit there on Heinish. You know, I don't want to follow the betting train to the window with Heinish. And I, I certainly don't I don't trust Gassum at this price. You know, I think both fighters are they're going to go into this one. They're probably going to, you know, look to avoid a loss because I think, you know, a loss for either guy here has has some major, you know, negative impacts, you know, for their career. But my gut feeling says that maybe they play this one safe and maybe this one goes to distance. I could see both guys being somewhat careful here. I don't know. It just keeps creeping in my in my mind that this one ends up going to the cards. So what I'll do is, since I really don't like it, Gene, you know, I'll just take a pizza bet here on this one to go the distance. Um, I could get that at yes at minus 180. So I feel pretty good about that wager. I mean, that that's really all I all I really found in that one. How do you feel maybe about this one going the distance? Yeah, I mean, both guys are tough. Both guys, um, they, they don't – besides – Gassum losing the, to uh, Hermanson his last fight with the heel hook. Other than that, I mean, the guy normally goes either he's knocking someone out or he's going to decision. Um, he had three straight decisions before the uh, loss to Hermanson. He's tough. He can take shots. Um, so he'll be in the fight. And then Ian Heinish is the same way, man. Ian Heinish, um, that guy, he, he, he really gets finished. I mean, his last fight, he had an overhand right. He beat Mershart. Other than that, he's going decision. Um, I'm looking at it right now. He's had four straight decisions before his last fight. So it's it's funny because they both had finishes in their last fight. Before that, they had four decision, uh, four decisions. So it's it's not a bad bet. I mean, both guys are tough. You know, especially for a pizza bet, I, I like it. All right, let's jump into. Uh, we got the the women here. We got Macy Barber going to go ahead and fight Alex Grasso. Grasso is going to be minus one thirty five in this one. I'll go ahead. I'll start out with this one. I think this fight can actually go. I think it can go a bunch of different ways. I'm going to take a shot here, though, and I'm not sure if you'll like this one, but I think that you know after I looked at this one, that 
if I want to make a bunch of money on, on, you know, this card, if this one hits, then, then I'll be, I'll be cool. Now I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Grasso to go ahead and, and win by KO, which you can get that right now at 12 to one. And, you know, one of the things that, that we, you know, when it comes to women's fighting, you, you, sometimes you get good prices on the submissions, good prices on the KOs because they just don't knock each other out all that often. But I do think, you know, Grasso, you know, that she certainly has the hands. She certainly has the kicking game to go in and get after Barber. And I'm not sold, you know, with the Barber defense. I just have a feeling she's going to stand in front of Grasso and try to trade. And Grasso's either going to going to knock her block off or she's going to end up, you know, getting, getting in touch with one of those head kicks. That's kind of the way I feel about that one because I, I – the 135, it just does it's not appealing to me. Like, I just feel like maybe Grasso can get through. I have a feeling maybe a head kick or something like that might might actually do this for me. So I'll put a pizza bet on it at 12 to 1. I feel like like I'm getting some value in that number. I get Maybe I'm more excited to go ahead and see this fight rather than bet on it. But that'll be my long shot for the pot. I'll take Grasso by KO at 12 to 1. What do you think? All right, so it's not bad. This will be the first one we, we kind of differ on. Um, so, and and we were talking about, you had earlier said about best bets. And, I mean, this isn't going to be my best bet at all. But I, for some reason, as I've looked more and more into this fight and kind of broken it down, I'm getting more enticed to bet on, on Barber. Um, Alexa Grasso, um, and that's why the line's where it's at. I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at like 120 for Grasso and plus 100, um, right around that that area, or, or those numbers, I should say. And um, I, I understand why Grasso, more technical striker. Um, she's crisp, you know, crisp in the pocket. Um, she's really good at, at distance control. I could easily see her piecing up Macy Barber, especially after Macy Barber, you know, being out for a year tearing her ACL. Is there going to be ring rust? Um, and even in that, in the last fight against uh, Mata Ferry, um, yes, she tore her ACL, but even before that, she just wasn't having any success, to be honest with you. I mean, Mata Ferry is a vet um, and she's tough and she's a gatekeeper, but um, Macy Barber with all the hype, her nickname being the future, I expected more out of her. And maybe I'm getting caught back up in that hype and kind of disregarding the Mata Ferry um, fight, but I just feel like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, you know, she changed camps. I think she's training with Bilal Muhammad in Chicago now. Um, so she changed coaches after her last loss. And you talk about the knockout power. She's got the knockout power, man. She, I think she has like three, she had three straight knockouts. She's big for the uh, division and it's rare for that too. You know, you had already touched on that with women's MMA. It's, it's, it's rare for just knockouts and, or consistent knockouts, unless you're like Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg and Macy Barber's got that power. And I could just, man, she's a big, she's a big uh, woman. Um, She's strong. I could just see her landing a shot on Grasso and, and, and knocking her out. Um, So I'm leaning Macy Barber. I'm just, I'm leaning that way. Um, because again, Gross is a more technical striker. You know, Barbara's going to throw looping shots. If she connects, she can knock her out. Um, but Grosso's, you know, has fought the tougher competition. She's been in the UFC longer. I, I see why people are, w- would go with Grosso. Um, and I'm, it's tough call for me, but I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to go with the hype with, with Barbara. I'm going to say the change in the camp, the knockout power. And, and I just like her strength too. Like if, 
You know, Grasso had issues with Carla Esparza when it went to the ground. Macy Barber isn't really a wrestler at all. She actually had issues when she was on her back against Montefiore, but at least she was active trying to get submissions, whereas Grasso kind of just got controlled on the ground. So if it does hit the mat, um, I feel like um, Barber's strength um, will be the difference on the ground at least. And uh, maybe she even connects on the feet and knocks her out. So I don't know if there's a prop out there for this. I didn't even look, but um, if just knockout, if the fight ends, you know, um, inside the distance, if you like Grasso, um, I might even just lean because I, I like Barbara. I might just lean just inside the distance fight doesn't go the distance or the fight ends in knockout. I don't even know if they, I don't think they even offer that, you know, it ends in knockout, but um, that would be a prop I'd be looking at. All right. Well, it looks like we'll be, uh, We'll be on opposite sides on that one. And it's not that I don't like Barbara. I think it's for me, it's, you know, the long layoff coming off of an injury, changing camps, going up against somebody like Grasso, who I don't think she's going to be, she's going to be timid in any way. She's going to come out and she's going to look to attack. And I just wonder if, if Barbara, look, if, if she could be comfortable, you know, with, I have a feeling she'll be fighting backing up um, early in this one, just because Grasso is going to be more aggressive. You know, if Barber starts second guessing herself or wondering, you know, like how the injury's doing this, that, and the other, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be a good fight one way or another. I think we'll see some action in this one for sure. Um, I, I'm guessing that's why they probably made it the, you know, the co-main event. It'll be interesting, but you know, you and I will be able to chop it up uh, after that one's over. Uh, the only thing we really have left here is best bets. We have the main fight, which I want to save here. Why don't I go ahead and let you go ahead and talk about some of the prelim fights that you like. Maybe we have a best bet uh, in some of these prelim fights. I was looking at the card. Uh, looks like there's some early prelim fights that, that look interesting. Do you have anything that you want to go ahead and, and give out with the, within the prelims, any bets or anything like that? Feel free to go ahead and do so. Yeah, this is a this was a really tough card to, to kind of break down when it came to bets. The most confident pick is Bilal Muhammad against uh, Diego, Diego Lima. I'm actually surprised by this matchup. Um, Muhammad, this is a step down for Muhammad, to be honest with you. I, I'm surprised the UFC even gave gave him Lima. I, I don't understand it at all. Maybe, you know, maybe they both wanted to get in there. Maybe Muhammad just wanted to, you know, just stay active. But it makes no sense ranking-wise. Um, and he's a minus 470 favorite. Completely understand that. And I know I'm we're going to get to the main event. But I, I personally like Usman. Um, I'd have no problem parlaying Muhammad with Usman. I don't know um, what that is. I haven't done that yet to figure out what your odds would be. But, um, yeah, the, the Muhammad, I think, is a guaranteed win. And then Usman, we can talk about that in a second. Um, but I do like him in that. Um, some other fights I was just kind of looking at, um, I kind of like Chris Gutierrez. Um, he's coming in on short notice. So Andre Uhl was supposed to fight. I think it was Stamen he was supposed to fight. Um, and Stamen fell off. And Stamen's more of I think it was Stamen. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but whoever he was fighting is more of a wrestler. So now he's fighting the guy that's just going to stand up nasty leg kicks, uh, Gutierrez. And I'm just, I'm leaning with Gutierrez. I think Gutierrez is, is um, now Andre Uhl, um is, is one of the UFC's younger prospects. And um, he's, he's gotten better in each of his fights, but I, I just like Gutierrez. I think Gutierrez is going to, you know, push the pace on him. Um, I think think he'll be able to chop up his leg and eventually just do enough to 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 get a dis, uh, decision victory. If not, um, even get a, a TKO off of leg kicks. The only other one I kind of like, man, is uh, Jillian Robertson. It's the uh, current jerker. 
first fight of the night um, against Miranda Maverick. Miranda Maverick's looking really good. She's another uh, flyweight prospect for the UFC. She's won like five, six in a row. Jillian Roberts, uh, Robertson is a, um, she's going to look to get the fight to the ground. If she gets it to the ground, uh, Maverick's shown that she's had issues in the past on the ground. And um, Jillian Robertson is, is an ace on the ground. And she just has more experience, better resume. And when it comes to women's fights, a lot of times you, you get good value on the underdog. I mean, unless it's like a cyborg or Amanda Nunes or like Shevchenko, uh, you, you can make some good money betting on the underdogs in, in a lot of women's MMA fights. And um, I feel like this is going to be no different. Um, I like Jillian Robertson. She's plus 115. Um, so th- th- those are a few that, that I like. Well, I think my best bet is probably going to end up being the first fight of the night is going to be Patolo Marquez to go ahead and end in a KO. I felt probably the strongest about that one. I just feel like both guys are going to come in there. They're going to throw bombs at each other. I think that's going to be, you know, the most aggressive fight um, maybe of the night. Could be fight of the night. Could be knockout of the night. I don't know. Um, But I'll go ahead and I'll give you guys that one for my best bet. That's That's the one I like the most out of all these. Let's jump into the title fight here. We got Usman. He's going to be minus 280 going up against Burns here. I'll give you what I what I thought about this one. I'm actually going to make two wagers in this one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Usman by points at plus 120 for a half unit. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Burns by KO for a half unit at 6-1. to one. You know, I keep going back to the Usman-Covington fight where, you know, Usman kind of he didn't. I don't want to say he got hurt. He didn't get hurt, but it looked like Covington a couple times dazed him to the point that if if Cody kept the pressure on there, it could have been it. It could have ended it a, a different way. I think what happened was Covington ended up. You know, he he was he sat down. What was it, I think third round? He's like, I think I broke my jaw. I think I broke my jaw, and I think mentally, it 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 just took him out of that fight mentally. And I think Usman, he just has so many damn weapons that. You know, Covington just stood right in front of him. It was like bang, bang, bang. He just kept connecting. So I'm going to go. Usman is going to be able to hang with, with somebody like Burns. He just has too many weapons. But I think if Burns does connect, um, it's going to be early. And if he does stun, you know, Usman, I think Burns is going to be somebody that's going to go ahead and he's going to try to attack. No matter what type of defense Usman tries to go ahead and put up, I just have a feeling like I could just see him like Burns just being like, you want to say like that angry type of fighter where he just looking to he's looking to knock somebody's head off. So I could see him maybe winning by KO where they could stop this one. I think going back to the Woodley fight, you know, it put a lot of shine on Burns. And the reason I don't want to take him is because, you know, we've seen what Woodley, you know, what 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 he's become. And I think that that win for Burns has actually become less impressive, you know, as Woodley, you know, basically just falls off a cliff right now. So I'll take Usman by points because I feel like he can go ahead if Burns can't get him out of there early. That Usman just has too many weapons to to you know eventually just get too many points, and I think Burns might just be too tough for Usman to kind of knock him out um, as this fight goes in and goes on. And I think Burns by KO is probably the only way that I would go. And if I could get six to one for a half unit, um, I'll do that. I'll say this, Gene. I'll be surprised if it doesn't end with one of these two wagers winning for me. So the fact that I could get plus money with Usman and I can get six to one with Burns, um, I feel really comfortable uh, with making two wagers in this fight. I'm hoping it's Burns, obviously, at the six to one. But one way or another, 
I think this one will be action packed. How are you feeling about the title fight, Usman and Burns? Super excited for it. Um, this is this should be Usman's toughest test to date. You know, they they're former training partners, so they know each other pretty well. Um, training in the gym. Um, there's been you know rumors of who got be- you know the better of the exchanges, and there's a lot of heat behind this. You know, obviously Usman wants to be a great. He wants to go down as a great. And Gilbert Burns obviously wants a title. And so I'm super excited for it. It's a long time coming as this fight has been canceled, I think, a couple times, at least once for sure. So I'm looking forward to it. As for, you know, breaking it down, I, I, I love your bets. I mean, I, it's, it, it's funny. You know, we've agreed a lot on this on this uh, podcast. You've um, laid out some some good points in a lot of the bets that, that you you plan on making or, or ones that you had mentioned on this on this podcast. And yeah, man, it's like Usman obviously has a history of going to to a decision. The guy just dominates. He finished Kobe Covington, but that was at the end of the fifth round, um, and that almost went to a decision. And those guys were just standing on the feet, you know, just throwing leather. And um, both fighters at, at numerous times in that fight looked like they were going to be knocked out. But for whatever reason, Usman is a decision mach- machine. On the other end, the only way that Gilbert Burns is going to win this fight in my opinion, is to knock out um, Usman. On the point that you made, yeah, Covington um, hit him pretty well a couple times and Usman was was rocked. But to go back towards the decision, that's the thing with Usman. He he can take those shots. Um, he's a dog, man. He's going to fight for your money. He's going to grind it out. He, he, he He's relentless. His, his, his pace is relentless. His cardio is incredible. The thing with him, he's a smart fighter, cerebral. You know, he knows what he needs to do to get the victory. He knows what his opponent is going to bring um, into that matchup. He exploits it. And, um, you know, obviously the Kobe Covington, you saw that. Like, Kobe Covington's good on the ground. I'm not even going to wrestle with this guy. I'm just going to stand and strike because this guy doesn't have as much power as I do. And you saw that. Like, obviously Covington hit him a couple times with some nice shots and rocked him a little bit. But it wasn't anything that Usman couldn't handle. And he knew that he had the power and the counter strikes to, to – um to hurt Covington and ended up getting the victory. And when it comes to Burns, um, Burns has um, got some legit power on the feet. And obviously he's a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, specialist or ace, I should say. Um, that's his base. And um, when you're fighting, wrestling nullifies jiu-jitsu, um, just like, you know, wrestling nullifies, you know, the stand-up game. And um, I just think Usman's not going to let him breathe. Uh, I think he's going to be on him for, from jump. Um, if it goes to the ground, I think Usman's smart enough not to get in, to get into any uh, compromising positions. Um, I think he's just going to wear on on Burns and um, eventually just get the uh, decision victory. I don't see Usman, yeah, finishing this fight. I, I really don't. Um, as for, and I'm rambling on this, but, you know, obviously this is a big fight, so I really want to kind of break some things down. My issue with Burns is that it, it's a competition with Burns and, and how he did. You go back, he had an incredible victory over um, Woodley, but what does that say now? You know, for Usman, Usman won the title from Woodley. Woodley was the best at the time, and he just dominated Woodley. After that, then Woodley, you know, ended up fighting um you know, he was exposed in that Usman fight and he ends up fighting uh, Burns. Burns just continues that that snowball down the hill for, for Woodley and and just destroys him. And now that, that loss is, or that, pardon me, that win doesn't look as good as it was before. 
as it did at the time. When it comes to Burns, I just have issues with, you know, he fought Damian Maya. Damian Maya is kind of washed. You know, he ends up knocking him out. But Damian Maya was able to put some pressure on him. You know, he fought um, Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson gave him issues where he's putting pressure on him. I just, I feel like Usman's just on another level. I feel like Usman is like a John Jones, a Israel Adesanya type of champion where like, man, he's going to go down as a great. And you've seen it in every single one of of his fights. It doesn't matter what type of style gets thrown at him. He dominates him. And he's just got that mental fortitude to just not break. And I, I just don't see, I don't think Burns has that, that skill, that, you know, that MMA experience, whatever you want to say to, to break Usman. I really, I just really don't. The only way I see him beating him is, is catching him with a strike. He's a very good counter striker. I give him props on that. He, you know, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu ace who's actually gotten better at striking. But at the same time, if you jump over the Usman, Usman obviously wrestling base, and he's gotten better with his striking. And now, and you saw in the Kobe Covington, obviously, and even with the Masvidal, you know, he he had some moments in that fight. But um, he ends up moving over to um, with uh, Trevor Whitman and Justin Gaethje over there in Denver, Colorado. That's one going to help his, you know, training in, in uh, Colorado is going to help his cardio. He's already got incredible cardio. Number two is Trevor Whitman cerebrally as a coach, incredible game plans. And then number three, striking. Um, you saw what he's done with Justin Gaethje, same thing, wrestling base. Justin Gaethje's uh, turned into one of the um, you know, most ferocious strikers. And uh, I only think that's going to help Usman. So, yeah, man. So the so you want my favorite, you know, my best bet, it, it's Usman, man. And, and minus 275. Hopefully the public comes in and drops this line down a little bit. It's actually been going up. Um, from the initial opening line, I think it was like minus 200, minus 225. It's up to minus like 275. Um, maybe the public drives it back down, but yeah, my, my best bet of this card is Usman. I think he, I think he dominates Burns as long as he doesn't get caught with a knockout in like the first round. I think he's cool. I think he dominates him. And, um, I would, you know, my second best bet would be parlaying Usman with, uh, Bilal Muhammad. I'll go back to the Covington fight. I think one of the things that, that Usman probably takes out of that fight and, and could, you know, certainly use in this one, I think he's probably very underrated as a counter striker. I think he did that extremely well, you know, in the Covington fight. But I think that, you know, standing in the pocket, just letting Burns go ahead and throw at him uh, is going to end up getting him in trouble. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see, you know, an Usman moving around a lot more, not just standing straight ahead and, you know, looking to go ahead and exchange bombs. I think he he's gonna he's gonna figure out how can I move a little bit and not let this guy hit me and still counter strike, you know, with the amount of power that you know that he has. I have a feeling that that we're gonna see that uh, from Uzma. I think we're gonna see a lot more movement and uh, you know that that same counter striking ability, you know, that he does hold. Um, I'm not against your pick here. Obviously, you know, I, I feel good with Usman here. That's why I'm going to play him, you know, to go ahead and win by points. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Usman at some point get cocky to the point to where he just knows that Burns is is burnt out and he's just going to sit out there and say, let me not just get in harm's way, you know, let this not get to the ground and just let me sit outside and just keep bopping and picking and, 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 and just giving him, you know, giving him the business. I could see that happening too, where Burns somewhat might actually get embarrassed um, in this fight. I, I could see that potentially happening um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 
And um, and that's the thing about Usman, man. He he's a cerebral fighter. It's not only just the skills and the physique and you know athletic ability and all that stuff. Like he's one of the smartest fighter, you know, UFC fighters. Um, he 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 just he he lays out a game plan. And he executes executes it to a T. And I could just see him, yeah. I you know maybe later in the rounds once he's up, you know, three rounds, you know, to one or you know three zero or whatever it is four zero. Um, I do feel like he, he, he might play it safe, but at the beginning, I just think he's just going to pressure him. He's not even a lot. I think he know. obviously they train together. So, you know, the first round is going to be telling to see what, you know, Usman is actually worried about, but I would anticipate him just immediately just grappling with the guy, getting him up against the cage. I feel like it's going to be like a, a Jorge Masvidal type of, um, first and second round where he's like, I'm not going to, you know, Masvidal is a striker, right? Has, you know, decent power and that's what he wants to do and i feel like he he knows he can neutralize burns's jujitsu game i mean the guy's incredible on the ground chain you know chain wrestling and just dominating positions so i feel like he knows hey this guy can knock me out he's got legit power um that's his path to victory i'm not going to allow him to do that just like he did with jorge masvidal i'm just going to get this guy up against the cage and just dirty box him, you know, try to take him to the ground, grind out a victory. I mean, this guy, he's got uh, five, you know, out of his last six fights, you know, five of them were decisions. And again, it goes back to um, when we first kicked off this podcast as to like, I'm surprised that um, they don't have another title fight or a bigger co-main event um, because this guy, he decisions guys, but he does it in a dominating fashion. It's not boring. You know, he dominates guys. So I would anticipate um, him, you know, dominating Burns and just, you know, just grinding it out and not allowing Burns to, to get off that power. But um, if he's up three, you know, four zero, that type of thing, um, three one, I, I agree with you. I could just see him like, listen, I'm not I don't even want to get into any grappling situations because he could he could cinch up a, a submission on me. I'm just going to stay on the outside, pick him apart and um, cruise to a victory. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. This you know, Burns is legit, man. Burns has been on, you know, he's been on a little run, and I think I think he deserves this title shot. I think he is the toughest opponent to date um, for uh, for Usman. Um, so it should be a good one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Well, I felt like we wrapped up the uh, the main card pretty well there, Gene. Um, that, that should be a good one. You guys can go ahead and catch that one on pay-per-view. Uh, so we went through all the fights here, a little recap of Friday, and then uh, as as Gina said, March is going to be March is going to be one hell of a one hell of a month for the UFC, and I'm sure Gina and I uh, will go ahead and we'll chop up uh, some of the cards for you guys as well. You guys can find me on Twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame. You can get Gene on Twitter as well at meangene double zero twenty two, and you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the luck on Saturday. Enjoy the fights.